Hi, I'm Alexis. And I'm Kim. And this is the What You Watching podcast. And this week we are talking about Barbie. Now, Kim and I both saw Barbie. We didn't get a chance to see it in screenings because of weird press screening conflicts and stuff, but we both eventually made our way to Barbie and we are part of the people that brought this movie to a billion dollars with our Mm -hmm. box office money. (laughs) We paid this time. We paid to see it. And honestly, I'm so glad we did because I loved this movie. It might be one of my favorites of the year. Like so good in every way, totally enjoyed it. I was like, I feel like it's both really, really funny and also really lands emotionally. The messaging is, I mean, yeah, it's not like subtle messaging, but I mean, it's, it resonates. Um, Performances are great. Everything's great. Kim, how did you feel about Barbie? Because I, I'm guessing we both are like, yes, this movie's amazing. Everyone go see this movie. I was stunned because I will say I, I went on record. I was kind of team Oppenheimer. I picked team up. I picked Oppenheimer in my press screening because these two movies had to compete for some strange reason. I Are they at all related? No. Well, Barbenheimer, but I digress. So I went into this going, everybody loved it. I wasn't anti-Barbie, but I wasn't pro-Barbie, but I was like, everybody loves it. So I have to check it out. I'm hearing nothing but good things. By the end of it, there I was crying and play, I'm like, why are, tears and enjoyment? And I was in a very quiet screening I was I think there was 10 of us and I was the one laughing the loudest this was fun this movie has such a good heart it comes from such a great place these performances are perfect can we give Ryan Gosling his Oscar nomination now please I thought I, I loved his Ken I loved all the Kens Barbie of course it's just they caught lightning in a bottle here in a way that shocked the heck out of me to take something that is so mercilessly ip driven and find a heart a message an interesting unique story to tell in a way that we have not seen in a while and we probably will not see now god forbid now that there's a mattel cinematic universe coming our way but this could not have gone over better for me. I was stunned by it and I was glad to see it was so good. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, it's always so funny. Like it's funny to go see this movie that's very like pro like women and all that and then be like, but Ryan Gosling though. But he was like phenomenal. Like that performance is so good. He's so funny. That is where like, that's commitment to the bit in a level that is like really great. So I I think Mm -hmm. he like, that's such a standout. He, He just brings so much to it. I think for me too, like Margot Robbie is one of those people where like her face really reads. And I think we get distracted because she is so stunningly beautiful, but she is also such a powerhouse actress in terms of like the performances that she does when she cries you really feel it, you know? And it's interesting you mentioned crying during this because there was a bunch of times I'm like, oh, this is this light little comedy about Barbie and it'll be whatever. And I found myself being like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm like surprisingly emotional during this, during a a number of scenes. And it's funny where you kind of go like, oh, I'm laughing and everything. And then you realize like, oh, this has hooked me on like a deeper Mm -hmm. level as well. And I'm seeing that response like all across social media of people that are just like, 
you know, women in particular that are going to see this movie and feeling just this insane connection to everything that it's presenting. And not just, I mean, obviously like America for our speech and like the entire thing about how difficult it is to be a woman and what you have to navigate. I mean, that's the most like, this is the thesis statement of this movie kind of part of this. Exactly. But even just throughout the movie, there's all these things where you kind of just see this this vibe of like this women utopia where like everybody's supporting everyone and everybody's happy. And even toward uh, later in the film where they're all kind of together and trying to figure out how to like rally together to save Barbie land. It's just this weird thing where you feel sort of like, yeah, totally. And you're like emotional about it, even though you're like, I'm, I'm crying in the Barbie movie, but here we are. I am crying in the Barbie movie. And it's such a bizarre experience where you just are so immersed in the movie that you're just hooked in in every way possible all three of Perlman scenes I knew nothing about any of that or any I I read very little on this going into it beyond the very cut and dry messaging and I think a lot of critics are underselling this in terms of the message we're seeing. Yes. I mean, of course there's going to be the girl power messaging. It writes itself. There's going to be, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to this. Everything are, you know, the, the conservative journalists are writing about. There's all of yes. that, but there's so, there's such an underselling of the heart and complexity here. And both of those scenes with Rhea Perlman is, the figure that created the uh, woman Ruth Handler, created Barbie. I think, right? Yeah, Ruth Handler. And she, oh my God, I was a mess. And no, I was not. I this trailer very much sells this as Barbie Land. Well, you know, Barbie's existential crisis. Mm-hmm. And through the power of, I would say, Robbie, Robbie's performance, Robbie is producer selling this vision. They find just a truly sweet place to go but you could tell Robbie believes in this project and she is hitting such heights Mm -hmm. so quickly and I don't think we've necessarily seen everywhere she can go yet she is such an interesting actress to watch and we don't because we're so quick to pigeonhole and I I do it myself she's so gorgeous Mm-hmm. Where did we first see her in the hot tub in the big short and the, the wolf, wolf of wall, wall street, street. Yep. she's always been the hot girl totally and we're seeing her start she's breaking out of that in a savvy way and i think mm-hmm. that's part of why certain audiences might not necessarily like her yeah she's a thinking hot girl she knows and this i think this is part of why bobby barbie works so well she sees your gaze. She mm-hmm. accepts your gaze, but she's smarter than your gaze. She is totally. so hot, but you know, she's thinking. Yeah. And she sure. is such an intelligent actress and she's such a powerful actress. I bet we see her. She just needs the right dramatic role that she hasn't quite gotten yet. Yeah. I think we she's see her I mean, getting an Oscar in the next 10 years. Yeah. I, would I think like when you watch something like I, Tanya, like you watch yeah. Wolf of Wall Street and you're kind of like, I mean, it's almost, it gets overshadowed because like Leo, Leo and <laughs> Jonah Hill are doing is so insane, but like, you know, her performance in that is so strong as well. And she really does have a, an emotional range and all that, but mm-hmm. she is 
so almost distractingly beautiful in that movie yeah. that it's easy to kind of classify. And this is the hot wife character. And it's like, but she does have a lot of emotional scenes in there. She's got some scenes where she's fighting with Leo that are really good. Um, but you kind of don't like appreciate it as much. And then something like I, Tanya, where you're like, oh, damn, like she really is. She's bringing it and mm -hmm. she really can act. And then you see something like this where it's like she's leaning into being so beautiful and yep using that to then create a more emotional performance, it's really a unique thing to do. And I just, I'm so impressed by her consistently in everything. I feel like, you know, everybody, we are always like, oh, Adam Driver is one of the best actors and so-and-so is one of the best. And it's like, I think we sleep on Margot Robbie because she is yeah. so gorgeous that we don't think about like, she's phenomenally talented and she really brings it in every performance in a way that's like, because she's so pretty, we kind of discount that. But like, she really can bring it, you know, she's, she's bringing a self-awareness. That's the mm -hmm. word I was looking for. And no, and we all, I, I think back to her in Pan Am. I know some people were talking about that. She has been climbing up so steadily and doing such good work, but yeah, we've, I will, I've written her off. I've, she's always just kind of been there, but I think of her as like the studio hot girl. Mm -hmm. No, she's more than that. And totally. it's really impressive to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned the sort of conservative backlash. And I feel like backlash is not even the right word here because it's the most predictable behavior you could ever mm -hmm. find. But there are a certain sect of men on the internet that are very upset about this Barbie movie. And what's what's hilarious to me is, first of all, like the shock that a movie might not be made for them hilarious yeah like oh my god <laughs> like oh my god this is a movie that might not be specifically for me and we have to be shocked by this and then second of all the idea that you're gonna go see Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie and be completely shocked and horrified and clutching your pearls that there's a feminist message in it is also very hilarious to me mm -hmm. like so I just think in a way it's almost like it's this is like bait for them where it's like they just have fallen into oh it's a pink movie where it says women and men should be equal i'm gonna throw a tantrum online and make like a 75 tweet thread about how this is the worst thing i've ever seen and this movie won't stop until we're all gay you know and it's just like <laughs> what like it's the the tantrum level for this movie has been so funny to me. And then on top of that, you have the get woke, go broke crowd. And you go, really? Because it just made a billion dollars. So where is your theory now? And it's like that is that entire like conservative outrage circle jerk that's been going on has been so funny to me to watch as like just from an outsider watching these men melt down online over the Barbie movie is just objectively very funny. The, oh my God, it said patriarchy. As I was watching this, and that's kind of what I was hinting at when I said the message was oversimplified. Because at some level, okay, yeah, it's there's the feminist message in there. And is it is it intense feminism? No, I don't think it really, it's, some people have said very, very entry level, very bargain basement feminism level. It's not a high reach. Mm -hmm. However, I will say, and- all of the conservative tantrums that I have seen have completely, they are fixating on the fact that it's a woman who feels, you know, a message that women should be empowered. Women should be able to, you know, reach any level they want. And 
quote unquote nuclear rage level against men. That's a complete oversimplification of this film that actually it's it's more humanist for lack of a better well, word. That was it's, what I read into it. It feels like they are going out of their way to miss the point of this movie. Yeah, they are. Like, they are and I mean, they are. That's how they way. get. Yeah, that's how they, they get want clicks. Views. That's how they get attention. <laughs> that's how this that's how the social media rage machine works. But mm. it's like it's like, are you like, are you actively trying to miss the point or are you just playing the game so your audience will rally behind you and you can get all the yep. engagement? Because there's no, I don't see how you could see this movie and watch all the sequences and see what happens like with her and Ken and these different things and walk yep. away from this being like, this movie hates men and thinks men are beneath women. That's not the point of this movie in any way, but it's wild that that's the takeaway. And I just- Again, it's like, is it media literacy or is it like yeah. deliberately doing this because that's how clicks happen? That's how retweets happen. Is not anti-man. It is no. anti-patriarchy. Exactly. This movie shows what patriarchy as a system does to everyone. I mean, perhaps this is just because I studied men's issues in the 1940s and 50s but this movie is very interested in why ken would be so drawn to patriarchy ken's insecurities ken's feelings of inadequacy when faced with the uber together barbie barbie has her own flaws barbie's very dismissive of ken there's not ken is structured as a secondary piece to barbie a super duper superficial shallow feminist take on this would be yes you know let bar you know would have absolutely no problem with that this film is interested in why ken would be drawn to this why ken would feel like a secondary citizen to it why he would be interested in patriarchy and being positioning himself above in his mojo dojo casa house i just had to work that in there. <laughs> so it's not pro-women to any extent. It's looking at we as people and the dynamics between the genders and the sexes. And we're all better if we're equal. It's a very good message. This movie does not have a bad bone in his body. And the fact totally. that people are so desperate for clicks that they're screaming woke, screaming patriarchy, burning Barbie dolls for... 45 minutes it Wild. reeks of insecurity yeah and just it's, a desperation yeah I mean if you can there's that scene at the end where she's with Ken and she's like you know not every night has to be girls night and stuff it's like yeah. how can you watch this film and your takeaway is that it hates men I think right. so much of it too is I think these guys saw the marketing that was she's everything he's just Ken and they were like that's yeah. what the movie's gonna be and it's like right but like did you watch the movie? Like, did you right. pay attention to the movie or did you see a poster where it says he's just Ken and you're immediately like, oh, this movie hates men. This is an anti-men movie. It's like, it's really not though, if you yes. pay attention and watch it. And I wonder That's about that, you know, like I, I feel like so much of it is, I wonder how many of the people that are freaking out about it actually watch the movie and how many people saw the poster and went, ah, and just decided that this was going to be their hill to die on. 
once again, it's an example of what the studios and the outside creatives can do. We're seeing this right now with the strikes. Mm -hmm. There is so much that goes into a movie, but the outside people are the people who can kill a movie. I mean, this Mm -hmm. marketing has worked. It's been great for a certain demographic that he's just Ken stuff won't die. Mm -hmm. But that's an over such an oversimplification of what this movie is. And really it's not what this movie is. It doesn't take into account the messaging and it's a great buzzword. And it's still, I'm seeing it all over the place on TikTok. It's the thing. But if we're talking about this script and what's representational of this movie, it's not the best fit. And I think you're exactly right. I think that's what all of them out there are playing into. He's just Ken. And it's like, not, it's like this one, but it's not it. it. Well, and it's like, it's a cute tagline. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of, you can't really assess a, a movie on the tagline alone. Like this is clearly a piece of cute, like cheeky marketing for this. It's a tagline to put on the movie. It's not like the thesis statement of the movie by any means. And so I feel like there's this whole, like people are printing the the monologue on t-shirts and, and putting mm-hmm. it everywhere and making posters and saying like, this monologue is the piece of this movie that's most important. And we're just completely ignoring that and going, oh, but this movie says he's just Ken. So there you go. It hates men. It's like, Oh, it's just I it's like such deliberate missing of the point. And that always yeah. drives me so crazy. And I feel like, you know, we've we're in a social media culture where it's like deliberate missing of the point and having a hot take on something that's absolute garbage is how an entire industry grows. Yeah. But you just kind of want to be like, right, but could you like maybe examine the movie, like the whole movie, rather than just a couple things from the marketing and then choose where you're going to get outraged by something and and freak out like it's it's so it's so disappointing to see people that are like film critics or people that are like you know you know they're not idiots but they're just playing mm-hmm. this game in a way that feels so disappointing and it's just like can we get some media literacy can we get some honest journalism and criticism and things like that here rather than just feeding into let's all scream and rage at each other for clicks. It's, it's so we, disappointing. If we scream woke and patriarchy, we'll get clicks from the people who agree with us. Exactly. But as I, as I sit here thinking about the whole, he's just Ken thing. It's very, Ryan Gosling really is the male equivalent of Margot Robbie, just a mm-hmm. few years kind of beyond. He is so unbelievably gorgeous. What do we think of him in the notebook that define you know that those beach blonde paul walkerish good looks he is a very certain type but he for the last 10 years has been going above and beyond to step out of that he's not mm-hmm. taking all he's not taking a lot of roles he's taking very calculated roles he's the nice guys is very not him you know the blade runner and uh, blade runner he, drive. he wants to get dark he wants the ability to act mm-hmm. so in tackling this it's once again we're casting a very self-aware persona on both of these actors and the level mm-hmm. kind of beyond the good looking. And I'm wondering how much an uncomfortableness, a lack of comfort with 
this level of self-awareness plays into it too. That could totally be a factor. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I mean, I think, you know, even something like, uh, like Michael Sarah's Alan, I mean, like that's also a very, like, (laughs) it's like Michael Sarah is the perfect person to cast in that role. And so it's, it's like all of the casting of this is very like aware, like you said, it's very self-aware and it's very like intentional. And it's almost like, that is part of the joke. That's another layer of the joke or another layer of the message or another layer of sort of the storytelling. And it's really just, it's just so um, like smartly executed. Like everything is really done in a way where it's very intelligent. It's very like clever. And I, I feel like, you know, there are so many levels you can appreciate this movie. You can appreciate it for like little girls can appreciate this movie. Mm -hmm. Moms can appreciate this movie. Everyone can appreciate this movie. But then even just from a filmmaking standpoint, it's like these little self-aware choices. I mean, the moment in there when, uh, Barbie is crying and saying how she feels ugly and the Helen Mirren voiceover comes yeah. on and says like, just going to say the that filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cast Margot Robbie. If you want to have a character say that she feels ugly, like mm-hmm. brilliant. I mean, that's the kind of thing there's, there's a, a real awareness to this is a movie, the artificiality, all those things that just elevates it even higher and takes it beyond mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, obviously Mattel and marketing and and consumerism and all these different things, like that's all parts of it as well. But it's like, it takes it to a level where it's aware of that and it's making a joke of that. It almost reminded me of, um, you know, in the nineties when we got like the Brady Bunch movie and the Adams Family movie and those kind of like cheeky takes on something where like the Brady Bunch movie came to my mind immediately while I was watching it. Because it was like, it's very aware of what the Brady Bunch is and how do you fit that in the nineties? And like, that's the joke. Um, and I, I used to love those two Brady Bunch movies when I was a kid, those were hilarious. And it's like it, I just kind of got that same kind of feel with this where it's like part of the joke is being aware of that. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that so much in this. I was like, man, this is, this feels like the Brady Bunch movie in the best possible way. I did not, I was not a huge Barbie player. The one, the ongoing joke in my house though, the one Barbie I had, I cut the hair. I was that kid with the weird, the weird Barbie. So it's, it's self-aware down to that level. The marker totally. on the face, the Barbie is like, oh, what happened to that? I mean, they're nice when they say play too hard, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, they would have said that's the psych, that's the Sid, that's the psycho killer kid. Totally. But it's, it's, inc- I love that you mentioned Brady Bunch movie, because that is very true here. You have to, I envy the Barbie doll fans, the collectors, the, there's so much, the the niche callbacks to the outfits. Totally. Midge. I thought the yes. work, what they did with Midge, I thought was a work of genius because they're really okay. playing into that Barbie fandom. Mm-hmm. So there's levels of jokes here that you're not necessarily going to get if you're me who had one or two Barbies, but I know people who I'm sure would eat this up and it's comp. This is such a complicated script. And we were wondering going into this, what Greta Gerwig's image of this would be, you know, Ladybird. you know, every, this is niche independent cinema 101, given a budget and support. And it came out, I can't imagine a better way this could have came out. Yeah, completely agree. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we both love this movie. I really want to see it again. I feel bad. I, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. And I really want to see too. Barbie again. I, want I know. I was like, to... I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to make at my own point, Barbenheimer I need day. To see. At this point, I need to see Oppenheimer again. Totally. But, but I... I also feel like what a good what a good time we're having that both of those movies are doing well and both of mm-hmm. them are finding their audience. And I mean, it's depressing because with the strike and with how things are, you know, movies are going to things are going to dry up a little bit. But man, what yeah. a blaze of glory we have right now to have these two <laughs> movies that are really successful. And yeah, we're going to get the Mattel Cinematic Universe, but that'll be down the road. And we don't Holly Pocket <laughs> directed by Lena Dunham. Girl, that I saw that and I was like, this is an onion headline though, right? This can't be real. And it's just like, oh no, like parody has become real life. I think I retweeted, I said, or re-blue skied it or whatever, whatever the new term is. Hollywood's gonna Hollywood. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, well, you know, it like. For now, we have this beautiful, lovely moment where we can have Mm -hmm. like auteur filmmakers making a movie that is their vision, that is with budget. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, yeah, well, it'll turn into a horrible franchise nightmare and stuff eventually, you know, down the road. But for now, we can just really appreciate where movies are and what the Barbenheimer phenomenon has done for the box office and for just reinvigorating people to like want to go see movies and all that. It's, it's, you know, Barbenheimer might be the best thing that happens to movies all year. (laughs) I might, I I see 10 years down the road, Mark Webb directing Midge, a doll story. Like, oh God, like, but before it gets depressing, we're going to remember the time when it was really, really good. It was, it was great for one summer in 2023 for two weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, I feel like both of us love this movie. We would Mm -hmm. encourage people to go see it. It's great. Um, And, uh, and yeah, so I would say, I mean, like, you know, this is kind of a short episode because we both are like, yeah, it's great. Check Go it out. It. It's really good. Yeah, exactly. Endorsement. Shining endorsement. Exactly. See Oppenheimer too. I loved Oppenheimer. Check these, exactly. check them all out. Go to the movie theater and support these movies because this is the kind of thing we've all been waiting for. We've we've kind of emerged from the, the storm of like Marvel slipping downhill and giant blockbusters and Indiana Jones and things that and are, you know, $500 flash. million dollars and, and barely mediocre. And now we have these movies that are really great so like please go see them everyone (laughs) sometimes the studios can do good things every so often (laughs) every now and then a good movie comes along and you gotta support it and this is the time both with your wallet exactly so i i will say we both uh support this movie we both endorse this movie it's a great movie and you should totally check it out and i think that about does it for today Mm -hmm. so i will say if you like this video give it a like Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, tell a friend about it. Follow us on all the social media channels. We'll put them there. If you're on Blue Sky, we're both on Blue Sky. Um, So you can find us there. I'll I'll put those links in there too. Um, and, uh, And yeah, thank you so much for watching or listening. And we will catch you in the next episode. 